0: Caring communication. One would think that that would be so obvious in churches, in families, in workplaces, maybe even in countries. But it's not so obvious, it's not so prevalent that we experience real caring communication. It just seems like that would be the normal Christian thing, though, right? In a church, to have caring communication. But as Michael alluded to, it doesn't happen. And that was the case for us here at the neighborhood church. We had a period for the last few years where there were things other than caring Christian communication that were going on, things that were difficult, things that were painful, Lies, gossiping, slander, some of that happened here in this place, believe it or not. But life can be that way. Life can challenge us and people can do things they might not do in their best selves, but when put in the context of other people, it's easy to get caught up in things and to do things we later regret, things we wish maybe we hadn't done, things we hadn't said, whatever. And so that's the context and reason for this this mini-series of sermons we're doing for three weeks that are dealing with how we interact, how we behave, how we communicate with one another. And so the church leadership felt it was important back in the fall to address this. And after a period of time and work came up with the Our Church Culture statement that gives us guidance in how we should treat each other, how we should behave, how we should work together. That document is in your program, and you're welcome to take a look at it. I hope you'll live with it, continue to reflect on it, and let it kind of seep into how we are, who we are, and how we treat each other. You don't have to memorize it, but it would be good to be familiar with it so that it kind of gives us a guidance to how we want to interact, how we want to work together. Caring communication. Before we can get to the caring part, we've got to think about the communication part, which seems, again, so obvious. Communication. Everything's about communication. It comes from the Latin communicato, which means to share. To share. The communication also has to do with connecting. With to connect, we have to get it right so that the sender of a message is understood by the receiver of the message. That's good communication. An attorney was interviewing a woman who wanted to get a divorce. And she asked, do you have any grounds? And the woman replied, well, we have about two and a half acres. said, no, 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 that's not what I mean. Do you have a grudge? said, well, we have a two-car one. Now, the attorney's frustration level, rose a few more points after that and said, no, you're not getting it at all. She said, does he he do anything? Does he beat you up? And she said, no, I'm usually up at least an hour before he is. Well, now she was exasperated and she just said, so what's the problem? And she said, we just don't seem to be able to communicate. Communication is so important, and how we do it. Paul knew of churches that were having lots of conflict and lots of problems, and so many of the letters that he wrote had to do with churches who were struggling to figure out how to work together, how to relate to one another in healthy, positive ways. And so in our Ephesians text, that Joe read, he Talks about putting away falsehood and speaking the truth to our neighbor because we're members. We're members of one another. We're connected. We're all part of Christ's body. But lies can be so easy and so prevalent. Mark Twain said that a lie can travel all the way around the world while truth is still putting its shoes on. There's a tale from Jewish legend of the, set in the 19th century where a man went around his small community slandering the rabbi. And he just said all kinds of horrible things about the rabbi. And this went on for a period of time. And then it kind of settled down. And then after a period of months, the man kind of came to himself and he realized what he had done. And he went to the rabbi and asked for forgiveness. And he wanted to know if there was anything he could do to make amends. And the rabbi said, well, there is something you could do. Go home, take a feather pillow, go out on a windy day and slice the pillow with a knife and then throw those feathers to the wind. So he did that. And a few days later, he came back and he said, Rabbi, I did it. So am I forgiven? And he said, there's just one more thing you need to do. I want you to go out and collect all the feathers. That's impossible, the man said. How can I do that? They've scattered everywhere. And that was the end of the tale. Gossip is a sense of rumor. A sense of rumor. It can be so hurtful what is said about another person. We don't think what we say really matters that much. It matters so much, what we say and how we say it to others. We're called to a caring communication. But so much of what happens in life, just we just kind of go through the motions. We don't think that much about it. You know, gossip is is so hurtful. What we say about others can be so hurtful. Especially if they're not around. You know, it isn't so much what goes in what we hear and what goes in one ear and goes out the other ear. It's what goes in one ear, gets all messed up in our heads and then comes out our mouth. So the first of the points I want to make from our church culture document that's in your bulletin it's we focused on the first three last week so we're now focusing on the next three today is communicate directly and in person with others where whenever possible anonymous communication is not healthy anonymous communication is not I don't know if you've ever received an anonymous letter. I've received a lot of them. And you know where they end up? The circular file. Because they're not worth the paper they're written on. You can't deal with an anonymous letter. It has to be That when we have differences, we deal with it directly and in person. We communicate directly and in person. That's the best way to communicate, especially if there are differences or disagreements. That's caring communication. When you risk having to say something that may be awkward, may be a little bit difficult to get it out to say your truth, but to do it in person and to do it directly, that's so much more genuine and authentic and full of integrity than saying what you want to say behind somebody's back to somebody else, thinking it's never going to get back to the other person, but like those feathers, it just keeps spreading and gets out of hand. I love the story about the four clergy who were um, going to a conference and on the way over the conversation was very light, casual conversation, but the, the conference caused them to think about something very deeply and so on the way home in the car, they said, let's let's agree to each share one of our deepest confessions with each other. Maybe that'll be good for us to do. So the first one went and he said, you know, I have a gambling problem and uh, it's like an addiction. And the second one said, I have a drinking problem. I, I just can't stop drinking. And the third one admitted that while he had never done anything, he looked lustfully at, at beautiful women. Well, the fourth one didn't say anything. So finally his buddy said, come on, what's up? You've got you to gotta share yours. We agreed we would do this. He said, well, my sin is that I'm a gossip. And I can't wait to get home. <laughs> let me reread just part of the Ephesians passage and put it in the context. So then putting away falsehood let us speak the truth to our neighbors for we are members of one another. Be angry but do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger. You see we all feel anger. But anger isn't a bad emotion. It's not something we're not supposed to feel. Anger is something that's a legitimate feeling. We feel it sometimes very deeply and very passionately and very strongly. The issue is not whether we feel or are angry. The issue is how we deal with how we feel when we're angry. Because there are appropriate ways to express anger and inappropriate ways to express anger. Violence is not an appropriate way to express anger. Hurting other people by what we say is not an appropriate way to express anger. But we're supposed to get it out and express it in a way that we can deal with it and other people can receive. I'd much rather know that somebody's angry with me and why they're angry and why they're upset than to have it come out In other ways that take forever to figure out and try to scoop up like those feathers blowing around. You get angry because you care. So anger is actually an expression of caring. So it's okay as part of your caring communication to express anger. Just do it, as Paul says, in love, in a caring way. You don't have to lambast the other person. You don't have to call them every name in the book. But you can get your truth out. And own it for what you feel, not blaming the other person, simply owning it for yourself. He goes on to say, don't let any evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Sometimes we think that being loving and caring is a limited resource, and if we give out too much of it, it'll run out. But I totally disagree. It's like, it's like using a muscle. The more we use it, the more fit we are. And the stronger we become in the use of that particular movement. And if it's caring, the more we care, the more we will continue to care. And we'll be strengthened. And next week, Michael's going to talk about that in bodybuilding. The upbuilding of the body. So, only speak what is useful for upbuilding. Paul tells us, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with which you were marked. Put away from you all bitterness, and wrath, and anger, wrangling, and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant and offering and sacrifice to God. See, we're called to to fashion our lives in the image of God by following in the way of Christ. We're to be imitators of Christ. And we claim our God image when we try to imitate, try to work our lives in the way of Christ, who was kind, tender-hearted, and gave himself up for others. You look at his actions and the way he treated others, he's almost always kind and tender-hearted. When he spoke, he spoke the truth. If he had a hard word to say, he said it. But he often spoke words of love and comfort. You know that old saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words Oh, words. Words can kill. Are you kidding me? Words can kill. Words can kill a person's spirit. Words can take away hope. But caring communication, when we truly care, not only do we share our own feelings, we provide a space where others can share their real feelings. Whatever they are, they can share and and get those out. And that allows a person to be more fully the person they're created to be. When you think about it, when you, at the times in your life, when you were lowest or struggling with something, and you knew somebody cared, you knew somebody really, really cared, it can make all the difference it can make all the difference in the world. You see, caring is so important. Pablo Casals, the great cellist who struggled with physical infirmities and pain as he got older in life, he he got great relief when he played the cello. When he played the cello, he found physical relief. But he said that caring is the thing that gives life its deepest significance. Caring. Caring gets life, gives life its deepest significance. I, I don't think I said the second of the... I didn't. The second one is, use considerate language when discussing issues And avoid personal judgment and attacks on others. Wow. Use considerate language. This all connects to what Paul was saying. Use considerate language when discussing issues. Don't make issues personal. Keep issues on the issues. And we can all have different opinions and ideas about those. Don't make it personal. And certainly don't attack each other. That's backbiting and bickering and all the things that drive us, that pull us down in life. Rather, disagree, have differences, that's okay. But work for upbuilding. Use considerate language. So now I want to read from our Colossians text. Now you must get rid of all such things. There's an overlap between these two texts if you haven't figured that out already. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new. Just last week we were looking at a wardrobe worth wearing. Paul uses that image. Being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Here's that sense of unity that we're called to be a part of, even with our uniqueness. Each one of us is completely different, and yet we're so similar. And so the third of our culture statements, it's actually the sixth one, is we celebrate our diversity in the midst of our unity. We celebrate. We celebrate our diversity in the midst of our unity and agree to disagree without becoming disagreeable. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. Because when we disagree, when we want something, when we think we're right, boy, that's when the gloves can come off. Right? Doesn't matter whether it's in a family, a church family. We certainly see it practically daily in our political realm. We celebrate our diversity in the midst of our unity. The United Church of Christ has always believed that our differences can make us stronger, not divided. That's at the core of our values as a people of faith. Our unity in Christ is stronger when we respect and value the diversity that we represent because it doesn't have to divide us. Christ calls us to be one people. One people. It was the Saint von Hugel who said that Christianity teaches us to care. It's the greatest thing. Caring is the most important thing. And we care, we respect. Well, all the things that are on the front of your bulletin cover, all those different things. Those are that's that's who we are. When we recognize our oneness and unity in Christ. Caring. It gives us hope. It gives us meaning. It gives us value. And to know that we are valued. That we are all children of God, no matter what. Nothing we can do to go astray from that because we will always have something of God within us. Our challenge is to live that out. And we do that in big part, by caring communication. We do it because caring is a verb. It's not just something we do in our heads. Caring, like love, is not just a word that we say. It's something we live out. It's how we behave. It's how we treat others. It's one thing to say, I love somebody or I care for somebody. It's another thing to live it out to do it with the way we behave, the way we truly live. So I'd like to close with a piece that was written by someone in poverty. This person wrote it a number of years ago when there was a gathering against poverty in our country, which continues. It was in Old Town, Albuquerque, and it was later printed in El Papel. And I'd like to share it with you now as a way of closing. I was hungry, and you formed a humanities club and discussed my hunger. Thank you. I was imprisoned, and you crept off quietly to your chapel in the cellar and prayed for my release. I was naked, and in your mind you debated the morality of my appearance. I was sick, and you knelt and thanked God for your health. I was homeless, and you preached to me of the spiritual shelter of God. I was lonely and you left me alone to pray for me. You seem so holy, so close to God, but I'm still very hungry, lonely, and cold. So where have your prayers gone? What have they done? What does it profit a person to page through her book of prayers when the rest of the world is crying for help? Caring communication. We are called to be a people who have taken in the image of God into our being, that one who communicated with us in Jesus Christ in the most loving, caring way he possibly could. And we are called to take that into ourselves and in our living. Offer caring communication to each and every person around us. Hard sometimes as that might be, but to offer true caring.